Support for this IPR podcast comes from Iowa Community Foundations, an initiative of the Iowa Council of Foundations, connecting donors to causes they care about. Details on the Endow Iowa Tax Credit Program at communityfoundations.org. Today is Friday, the 17th of June, and this is Here First from IPR News. I'm Julie Englander. The Iowa Supreme Court is expected to release a decision today on a case that could affect the future of abortion access for Iowans. IPR's Natalie Krebs reports. The case centers on a 2020 Iowa law that requires a 24-hour waiting period for those seeking an abortion. A lower court struck down that law last year. That's because of a 2018 state Supreme Court ruling that found Iowa's constitution protects the right to seek an abortion. The ruling makes it very difficult for Iowa lawmakers to pass further abortion restrictions. Earlier this year, the state asked the Supreme Court to review its 2018 ruling, arguing it was wrong and should be overturned. This comes as the U.S. Supreme Court is expected to rule on a case this month that could overturn Roe v. Wade. If both opinions are overturned, it could pave the way for Iowa's legislature to pass more abortion restrictions and revive previous laws struck down by courts. Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds has signed a bill into law cutting unemployment benefits. IPR's Zachary Oren-Smith reports the governor signed the bill at a business conference in Dubuque. The new law shortens the amount of time Iowans can receive unemployment from 26 weeks to 16. It also requires unemployed Iowans to take a lower-paying job more quickly. Coming out of the pandemic, Reynolds argued that the safety net was leading Iowans to not take jobs, thereby worsening the workforce shortage. With the bill that I, the bills that I signed today that caps uh, unemployment benefits at four months down from over six months and ensures that those collecting benefits can't turn down suitable jobs. So we're working with them, but it's definitely something that will move us in the right direction. Iowa employment insurance claims peaked in April 2020 with over 64,000 initial claims. But as of January, claims returned to pre-COVID levels. The changes to unemployment go into effect July 1st. Global food supplies are tightening, partly because of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. In response, the U.S. Department of Agriculture has announced it will let farmers and ranchers in the Conservation Reserve Program end their contracts in their final year. But putting land back into production will take time, money, and effort, says Amy Hagerman, an agriculture policy specialist through Oklahoma State University's Extension Office. You've got land and grass that has to be converted back into cropping land, which is going to take a few more nutrients. And I think that's going to be one of the real economic considerations for producers is the cost of nutrients and input in converting that land back into crops. The USDA says about 3.4 million acres of CRP land will expire this year. The city of Hornick broke ground on a flood protection project yesterday. The small western Iowa town of little more than 250 people is beginning construction on a berm to prevent future floods. The Woodbury County town was devastated in 2019 when the Little Sioux River overtopped a levee and inundated Hornick. Former U.S. Representative Steve King says he saw the community pull together in the wake of the disaster to protect their town. It's a well-oiled machine of volunteers here that put out everything. Uh, to save this town from the flood that, that came in and put the solution in place to prevent it for the next time. The project was made possible through an award of $2.1 million in state flood recovery funds. Local officials expect the construction will be complete this fall.
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Bird flu reemerged in the U.S. this winter, and more than 40 million commercial and backyard birds in 36 states have died or been killed to stop the disease from spreading. But one northwest Iowa county has been hit worse than anywhere else in the nation. IPR's Katie Pikus reports on the effects of bird flu in Buena Vista County. Bird flu was first confirmed in a Buena Vista County commercial turkey operation in early March. Throughout that month, the disease popped up again in a large egg-laying operation and two more commercial turkey farms. Colin Johnson's farm in Albert City was one of them. I mean, you put your heart and soul into something, and then instantly it's gone. And you'll never recover that work. You'll never, you, you can't go back. Johnson says there were no outward signs of the disease, but two tests came back positive. And that meant all of his turkeys, nearly 40,000, had to be killed to contain the virus. Johnson has been around turkeys for nearly seven decades, and he says this was the most wasteful and tragic livestock experience of his life. The first few days were the hardest emotionally, having lost that. Oh, like a farmer with a beautiful field of corn gets hailed out and there's nothing left. I, it just, just hits you in the gut. Instead of raising turkeys to go to market, Johnson spent weeks composting their carcasses. His turkeys were among the more than 5 million commercial birds that had to be killed in Buena Vista County, the most of any county in the nation. Chad Hart is an agricultural economist at Iowa State University. He says avian agriculture is a big industry for the county and the county seat, Storm Lake. When you drive into town, one of the first things you notice is that big Tyson plant. Tyson Foods is the county's largest employer. Local turkey growers send their turkeys to the plant in Storm Lake to be processed. There's also Rembrandt Enterprises 15 miles north of town. It's one of the largest egg producers in the U.S. and the county's third largest employer. Hart says that means bird flu is a double whammy. Not only do the farmers and ranchers get hurt by the loss of the flock... But, you know, the downstream workers in the processing plants get hurt as well because there's less product to process. That's what happened at Rembrandt's egg production facility. Bird flu was found in one of its barns, and the company had to destroy the entire flock, millions of egg-laying hens. Then it laid off 135 workers. The company didn't respond to multiple requests for comment. I met Oscar Garcia at Better Day Cafe in Storm Lake. He's a former supervisor at Rembrandt Foods, though he left before the latest bird flu outbreak. He worked at the plant when bird flu broke out seven years ago. They did have layoffs, but they provided people with jobs. Garcia says back then, workers were contracted for cleaning jobs at other Rembrandt plants. But not this time. Instead, people were given a severance package and told to find other work. And it seriously gave me goosebumps, like, oh man, these are are family friends. These are, you have dual... Some of these households, both parents work there. Garcia put some of the laid-off workers in touch with a job center that helped them find work at Tyson. At Upper Des Moines Opportunity, a social services agency, they've been helping some former workers pay their gas, electric, and water bills. On a recent Monday morning, outreach specialist Maggie Reyes accepts a donation of detergent bottles from the grocery chain Hy-Vee. 
Reyes says she's been buying double the amount of food than she normally would for the agency's food pantry in order to help the laid-off workers and their families. I know that families will keep coming, so that's why I just uh, try to have a full here because how it comes, it goes. The, the food goes very fast. It's hard to know how many of the 135 laid-off workers are still without jobs, but Tyson did target advertisements at former Rembrandt workers, and the Iowa Department of Agriculture says the four poultry sites affected by bird flu can get new birds. In Buena Vista County, I'm Katie Pikus, IPR News. This is Here First on IPR News. I'm Julie Englander.